The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody. Coming up on today's experience, devotional diamonds of the day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show, which have nothing to do with life, but the Bible teaches there's a time to laugh, and I think everybody knows a little laughter is like very good medicine. The review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. There's so much evil in the world. We hope he comes back before the show is over. Life lessons for our faith that we can actually use if we decide to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? I'll let you know on Friday, if we can pay the radio rent, why we have a radio show. Also, Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Living this life, not always easy running. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I'll be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian. You know, when a disaster happens in the world, like yesterday— and everybody has a response on every side of every issue. How do those, how does the Christian respond? Not how does the politician respond? We already know that politicians, we know what they're like. Nobody has to explain that to us. Everybody's positioning for some kind of aspect of power. But how does a Christian respond? That's the question. If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we don't want you to let it die of loneliness. We want you to reach out to us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. Yeah, I, I know you think I'm repeating it for no reason. That would be incorrect. We have new people that listen to the show. We want to make sure the phone number gets in front of them. And then for some of you who listen to the show and are thinking, can I? Can I do it? Am I able to reach to the level of pushing the buttons? And I say you can. All you've got to do is call 972-445-0770. When you make that phone call, you will reach Captain Chris. You know what that's like? When you reach Captain Chris, that's like reaching the princess in Donkey Kong. Oh, baby! And then you will be... Well, that's a good one, right? You could rest of you ever play Donkey Kong? I mean, have you played it before? About the Princess of Super Mario. Okay. This is the Princess of Donkey Kong. And then the, the, the monkey. Okay, never mind. 
it's better. If you can beat third elevators, you can do anything. That's what we used to believe. <laughs> you know. uh, also, you can text the show. Did I mention that? You can text the show. Uh, our text number, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. The texting, 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. We will send you to the website and remind you of a couple of things. There is the Ambassador Initiative video on the website. That's awesome. Uh, also, there are brochures on the website, so you need to look at those brochures if you want us to send you some for free because I don't know what to send you. I can't just go eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Well, I could, but maybe you like certain brochures, and we want to send you the ones you like. That makes more sense. And then the big thing is uh, on the website is a place to uh, give. You can either give through PayPal, through credit card. You can send a check. You can send cash. You can get up on the top of the roof and scream, David, here it is. All that stuff is possible, but you got to do it from the website first. And then if not, you can reach out to me afterwards. Please go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Emailsincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Emailsincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? He must increase.org. He must increase.org. I am so spoiled. It's amazing how spoiled I am, how much I like the sounds. Is that weird? Right? He starts playing the sound. When it goes to the second clip, I raise my fist up in the air. It's like, yes! Yes! Okay. All right. I'm just I'm just the way I am. I cannot help myself. Uh, I am designed by the Lord. Many of that is good, and much of that is not, uh, I guess. <laughs> so uh, let's do this. Let's go to prayer. We're going to pray for our country and for Ukraine and for the victims in that shooting. And then we're probably going to talk about that shooting. So we're probably just going to go that direction. Might as well just get used to it. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. We thank you and praise you and worship you in all things. We pray for the peace in Ukraine. And we pray for peace in our own country in the United States. And we send our prayers to you, Lord. On behalf of those victims and those people who have suffered and the people who have passed on, we send our prayers to you asking you to be a God of comfort and that you would speak your comfort and your grace to some of these families and some of these people in the community and to the nation that we might be a little bit more in tune with the fact that evil exists in our own country. Have mercy on us. Let your grace prevail against all of these stupid things that we come up with, and we just pray for your favor and for your kindness to be poured out upon us as a nation. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on Ukraine. Have mercy and comfort for these people who have gone through such a tragedy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So obviously I'm going to go long and not going to do whatever I said I was going to do because that's just how it's going to go, and you might as well just get used to it. So I'm getting a little tired I have a couple people coming up with different things. Terrible incident yesterday. People would say, well, why does that happen? I'll tell you why it happens. Because sin entered the world, and sinfulness creates mankind in his ability to kill. That's why it happened. And you think, well, are you sure? I don't know. Did Cain kill Abel? Yes. And that's because of sin. Oh, by the way, did we outlaw rocks when that happened? No. That's not the answer. The problem is the sinfulness of people. 
Okay? That's the issue. There's nothing else to talk. Every single person who made this a political issue is not worthy of your attention. I don't care what position they have. It's disgusting. Okay? That's number one. Number two, there are people in the media complaining that people are offering prayers, offering prayers, and they're swearing about it, going, oh, well, you can take your prayers and, you know, stick them where the sun don't shine kind of thing. And it's just like, hey, I got a message for you. Offering prayers to God on the behalf of people that are hurting is something that's been going on since early in mankind. And if you don't like it, you're just a God hater or a theophobe, and it's ridiculous. Okay, when we send our prayers, we're not sending them to the people. We're sending prayers to the Lord, offering prayers, presenting our prayers. It's not going to the person, but it's going to God. And we're asking God to comfort the people. And we're also seeking our nation to be in what? Repentance, because we're in rebellion against God. And that's why sinful things like this keep happening. And you know what? The fact of the matter is, it happened in the day of Jesus. And it's going to keep happening all the way through until the Lord comes back. But people who are against people sending, send prayers, take your prayers, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what is wrong with you people? That we're asking God to comfort people who've suffered loss? You have a problem with that? Well, take action. Take action. The action is to pray and repent as a nation because we're losing our minds going through this process. And oh, by the way, if anybody is in leadership and they're helping divide the nation, they ought to be removed because that's not helping us. So I'm getting a little—I don't know if you can tell I'm a little tired of that. I am just—I am horrified that it happens, but it's, it's this— response to it that makes it even worse and what makes it worse is people trying to use it and it's like you know what our nation needs to get it together in a genuine sincere repentance process and if the grace of god was filtered into our leaders we would have a lot less problems and people are like well you got to control the guns and you got to control the people and you got to control none of it is controllable until we are surrendered to god period and it's the whole idea is ridiculous and people don't like it tough and people are like well don't send sending prayers that's stupid you mean asking god to comfort people who are hurting is stupid wow so I get a little upset about that. I think the whole thing is horrid. And it does turn out that some of the information that's coming forward looks like the, the individual who created this, there was a, a, a fantasical love connection. So again, sexual perversion in the midst of creating all of these problems. And it's like, God, where does that come from? Gosh, where does that come from? Golly, where do you think that comes from? It's not coming from the weapon. It's coming from the person. That's the problem. We need to have genuine repentance as a nation. It's sad. It's a sad thing. And I pray, I prayed yesterday, this morning, on the way down. I pray for those people. That's terrible. But this is what our world has become, not just because of the gun control issue, but because of the sin lack of control issue. And it's disgusting. So what we ought to be doing is sending prayers and then offering prayers before the Lord and asking for mercy because our nation needs help. And if you think this is the last time you're going to have this is going to happen you're wrong. And if you think it's going to not be worse, you're wrong.
it's going to be worse. Okay? Be prepared. Be a person who petitions God. Seek his mercy and his grace. It is our only hope. All right? We'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Here is a DDD uh, entitled Custom Eyeglasses Used on Others. Custom Eyeglasses Used on Others. For Samuel chapter 18, verse 9. So Saul watched David jealously from that day forward. Uh, stop. There it is. So Saul watched David jealously. From that day forward, how do we see people in our lives? Saul saw David through jealous glasses. He put on these glasses. They weren't the ones from the Lord, right? They were glasses that had much more flesh in them, and then everything was tainted, this is what happens to you and I, and let's just do the honest, you know, those honest moments where we put on our glasses regarding, regarding some people because almost every time we get a communication from them, there's just something coming that's just low. This is going to be lousy. I haven't even opened it. I'm already dreading it, right? Have you ever gone through that, right? Or every time this person texts me, I'm not smiling after I read it or something along those lines. And it could be somebody who, you know, has got a spirit of complaining. It could be somebody that's got a, a spirit of pride. It could be any of those things, right? And you're just like going, oy vey, right? But you're not saying it much, but you know how you're seeing it. And that's custom glasses. You've already put the glasses on. You've already determined how it's going to be. You're already seeing it through that slant. It's not that they've never done anything. It's just that you and I tend to stay in those zones and see people that way. And so no matter what was going to happen with Saul and King Saul and David, David was going to impute evil motives to Saul's actions. I've gone through this with a professor. I'm just confessing. Right. I had a professor uh, before we started the radio show and my buddy in the in the process was a pastor was my like a schoolmate. And he would write me and go, what's why does she, you know, jump on you like that? I mean, he was asking me. Right. And I'm like, every time this <laughs> statement, I, I just and I just and instead of having any kind of change of heart or mercy, I was I was mad. But my anger did not work the righteousness of God. And sometimes people do that because of other reasons. It's not because of you. And we need to do a better job of not wearing custom glasses where we see the downside on people. So the question to ask is what kind of glasses do we use with others? And are those glasses approved prescription glasses from God? 
Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas, where I just scared off half of our audience in the first segment. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, here is your first trivia question. Oh, wait, we got somebody calling in. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to it yet. Uh, here is still your first trivia question. Am I holding on that? Because somebody might want to ask a question or make a comment, and we want you to have that opportunity. It's just not a kvetch fest, and sometimes I have to vent. It's it's just one of those things. Uh, so before I offer this, do I is this somebody that wants to answer trivia or somebody has a question or a comment? Okay, let's take them first and just see where the see where it goes, see where the flow goes. Send them on through. Ding! This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. Good afternoon. This is Sergio. Hey, Sergio. How are you, my brother? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I was sick on Monday, uh, actually on Saturday night and Sunday, but I'm doing lots, lots better right now. So I'm like, yay! I'm almost back to nor- almost back to normal, which for me. I don't know what normal is, but it's close. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know what? Maybe I should have taken a couple of steps backwards. Of and whenever you ask me how am I, well, I do have a heavy heart regarding, you know, what's going on, yeah. especially down with the people with the tragedy that happened yep. down in South yep. Texas. Um, you know, my question to you is this, David. Um, and hopefully, I've got the scripture correctly. Uh, Romans eight thirty eight. Uh, all good things. I, I don't quote it. I can't quote it, but I'm pretty sure you know it. Uh, Romans 8.38? 8.28. It's going to be all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that yes. are called according to his purpose. That one? Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So whenever a tragedy or, or, or just some miserable tragedy, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened, like 911, what happened yesterday, or, or just anything, is that what we hold on to? Is that kind of like the anchor of what, during the morning, during the heartbreak? Is that one of the scriptures that you recommend that that people hold on to? Uh, and before you answer that one, and there's also another scripture that says uh, that God said, um, "I'll have compassion on who I'll have compassion on," and hopefully, I hopefully you 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 finish it right. I mean, have you heard of that one? Yes, of course. That's in that's in also that's in Romans chapter nine or ten. I think it's nine. Pretty sure I'll have compassion. I'll have compassion. I'll have mercy on who I'll have mercy. There you go. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So those two scriptures, David, is it? I mean, I just don't know. I mean, God forbid this would happen to me or my family, but sure. I mean, what what do you hold on to whenever something like this happens? And before you answer, thank you for everything you do. I'll let you answer and have a great week. Thank All you. All right, sir. thank you, brother. God bless you. Great questions. That's what I love about Sergio. Just like Ashley, like, this is what it is. Okay, so let's let's do this real first. So we uh, first so we can understand. I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy on has to do with election. The whole context of that verse has to do with God selecting people. In other words, we choose from the human side whether we uh, connect to God or not, but God already knows whether you're connected. There is a predestination election element from the divine side, but a free will element from the human side. And People go, well, uh, that doesn't seem right. Well, too bad, because it's God. He picks what he wants. We don't know what that pick is, and so that's 
put the compassion on the compassion and the mercy on the mercy. Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. That's up to God. That's a separate issue than the Romans 8, 28. And Sergio asked a fantastic question. Do we use that as part of our hope? Yes. And you might think, well, how is that possible? And this is how that's possible. In the early church, it was accused of creating the fire and killing people in Rome. So the church was persecuted. So the church people were getting killed. Remember the whole Roman element? People were getting killed, and they were being driven out. And that's just a horror—they were being killed. It was a horrible situation. But the result of that was the spread of the gospel into the entire world. So God took what was terrible and turned it into something absolutely essential for humanity. It's the exact same principle we would use with Joseph, who was falsely— you know, he was sold by his brothers, then falsely accused, thrown in jail, and then Joseph's there in jail, nobody knowing except for God, I'm going to have him be in jail so that he can meet the baker, and he can meet the, the wine bearer, and he's going to actually interpret Pharaoh's dream, and then he's going to be in charge of Egypt. Well, nobody knew that was going on, only God. And the scripture says in Romans 8:28, God causes all things to work together for good. So the question it is, and we've asked this question before, is does that mean that while you're going through something, you should be thankful? Well, you can certainly be thankful in faith throughout the entire process. There's no argument in that. But when you're going through very, very hard and tragic things, it's, it's of course it's difficult to be thankful, and there's nothing to see it as thankful. That you're going through it, no, it's a horrible thing. That God will bring something out of it, sure, because that's the faith that we have. We have a faith that believes that God will take the most ridiculous, awful, worst scenarios and turn them into a different direction because he can. So while Sergio asked a great question, that those two verses are kind of sitting on different aisles in the shopping mart. Okay, one is uh, one has to do maybe with uh, food, and the other has to do with hardware. So just kind of it's like a separate aisle. And so in understanding that, catch that no, this tragedy is horrible. It's 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 just tremendously bad. But that doesn't mean that it'll just stay bad and nothing will ever come of it. That, that's the hope that we have. And the Bible says our hope, and, and Peter will get into this on Friday, is an anchor to our soul. That hope sustains us. That enables us to go on. That enables us to, to believe that there is better yet to come. Hope has a lot to do with what a better tomorrow will be. And when you look at the situation yesterday, there's nothing good about that. It's a result of mankind rebelling against God. In mankind's sinfulness, he's able to create weapons of destruction. This is all going right back to the same thing. And the the grace part of it is that God will enter into this situation, bringing for certain people, bringing for those who seek him or respond to him, a healing and a grace. And you're like, well, why wouldn't he do that for, for all of those people? Because some of those people will reject God and will not want to receive from God. And God's not going to force it down their throat. But some people will cry out to God, and he will respond to them and love on them. So it's Sergio's question is, it's almost, you almost know the Holy Spirit's doing this. That's what's so funny about it, is all things work together for good. Do we find our hope in yet in that? Yes. And in that same passage that he referenced, by the way, somewhere in that chapter, a little bit further down, I think, in that chapter, there's a there's a verse that is, we call it the wig formula. Well, I know it doesn't have a great name, but don't get mad at me. It's the wig formula. What 
if God. So in the whole process, the question would be, well, what if God allowed this so that this could happen or this could happen? And everybody has gone through a hard tragedy, and I have gone through many tragedies. And you've turned your face to the wall, and I've turned my face to the wall. And you've wept, and you've looked at God, and you said, I just don't know how much more I can do. And God hears that. Every one of us who've gone through that experience or has the dread that something might happen to our family or has this concern and makes that term, has this seed, this mustard seed of faith that blooms into this great hope that there are better things yet to come. That when you when you when we talk in these terms, we talk about the old temple and the new temple. And it's ironic because in the old temple, the, when when the temple was destroyed and they started building a new temple, they were they were weeping. Some people were weeping and some people were rejoicing. The people that were rejoicing were happy because something new was happening. The people that were weeping were weeping because how great the old temple used to be. And then the prophet says, the, the prophetic word is the glory of the latter house, which means the one that's after. The glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former. And that's primarily because Jesus came through it. The idea is that greater things are are coming. Better things are coming. And while we hang on to that, that's one of the reasons that the hope is involved in the return on Christ, whether it's a rapture host hope that's connected to the return of Jesus or an eschatological hope that's longer. Doesn't matter. What we're looking for is the return of Jesus to bring the ultimate fulfillment of that hope. So the answer, Sergio, in the long about way is absolutely on Romans 8, 28, that is an anchor to our faith and our confidence, as well as 1 Thessalonians 5.18 and, and Ephesians 5.20, which says give thanks in every circumstance. Why? Because God's going to make something out of it that's going to be awesome, even if it looks like the worst possible thing, kind of like when Adam and Eve sinned, the worst possible thing, except out of that emerged the revelation of Jesus Christ. So even in the worst of things, God brings about the best of things, in his timing, in his way. So in regards to Romans 8, 28, yes, that's correct. In, in regards to the compassion on compassion and mercy on mercy, that's kind of a separate subject, but it is also true God will do as God determines. It's not up to human beings to define for God what he should or shouldn't do or what makes him just or unjust. That's just total arrogance and more sinfulness in and of itself. It's an excellent question, and you did a great job asking it, and that all of that should condition or should motivate us to draw closer to God and draw near to God. And then you kind of go into the Psalm 91 process where you understand that, that, when you, that, that those that fear the Lord, those that honor the Lord, there's a protection that goes about. There's a shield. There's a, there's a barrier that God puts around his people. And so those that fear the Lord have that protection, have the grace of God protecting and watching over them. So let this be, of anything, a motivation to draw closer to God. He's the one that can keep people safe. See, if we, as a nation, if we turn to God, it'd be amazing. Anyway, great question, great job. We'll take our break here, and then we'll come back and get into, I don't even know what we're going to get into. We'll just see. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here. On KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassadors Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon Experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. But the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. What is the David Spoon experience? Here's what it says. The sure way to avoid criticism. To avoid criticism, the article says, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. That was said by a successful and innovative coach of the Philadelphia Flyers hockey team. Now, that's not the only reason I'm reading the article, not because it's just a hockey team uh, coach thing, but here's where uh, here's what it says. Number one, say nothing and become the unwitting victim of everybody else's opinion or point of view. Two, do nothing and just watch life from the sidelines. Three, when our voices remain silent and our actions still, we are nothing. The David Spoon Experience on God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple, and there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook. Type in David Spoon Media. And on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section. And it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video. But you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. But it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience.